This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club just by listening. You're a member. My name is Colton David Bratt. And I'm Sydney Augustine Lyerly. And we're starting a new book. Woo! I'm been... so excited. Okay, don't get me wrong. Loved Warbreaker. Loved Warbreaker. Great book. Yes. But I'm very excited to do a book that I've read and Colton hasn't because that'll be <laughs> such a twist and I'm so bummed. And I like this book a lot. I love Stephen King. So reminder, we're reading Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Good book. Uh, and this week we read chapters one and two. Yes. Next week we'll be reading three and four. And we do need to say that the way this book is split up, so there are like major chapters and then each chapter has like a couple different sections. Right. Like miniature ch- chapters, I guess. And so, so the way we're doing this is the epi- the readings are going to be between an hour and an hour and a half each week. Yes. And in order to split that up properly, we had to split up some of the chapters. So you know how like the Bible has like chapters and then like, you know, miniature sections. Yes. So it's like 10, 9, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how we did it for this. Um, this won't come into play until week five, but we will, if you guys see or we say, like, we're reading chapter 10, like, all of chapter 10, and then we're stopping at 10, 9. Yeah. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes. And if you are confused about that, just read the whole chapter and you'll catch up next week. It's not yeah. a big deal. It's not uh, a huge deal. It's just that way it was easier for us to keep in the time frame. Yeah, because we don't want to make it ridiculously long. Or we're, so we had some that were chapters that were too short, and then some that were too long, and so we just split it up that way to make it a little bit easier. We don't want to make it take literally like we don't want our goal was no less than an hour, no more than an hour and a half because yes. we we know you're busy and you need to read. Um, and so here it goes. We are going to start with chapter one, which is a Sydney chapter. Yes, I also want to say if you have this book, I hope you have a physical copy of this book because there's each chapter there's a little picture. And I will post all of the pictures on Instagram. With credit to the artist. Yes, with credit to the artist. But I just, um, I, I really want you guys to see them because they're so cool. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Chapter one. So we start off uh, the first section, section one. Wait, yes. these chapters have titles. I never noticed that these have titles yeah, have titles. they have titles. You're just noticing that? Yeah, that's, that's so fun. Yeah, they're, they're titled. They're kind of funny titles. Um. But yes, my favorite when I was reading this book for the first time through, my favorite part was to try and guess what was going to happen based on the titles Basic and titles. the picture. <laughs> nice, nice. That was my strategy. You want to tell me what the titles are? Yes. Okay. So the title is The Goddamn Bridge, The Miracle, and The Howling. And so <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to tell you the titles as best we can. I also want to add something new. Yeah. Can I rank the chapters on a scale of 1 to 10 how much I liked them at the end of each chapter? Yeah. Because they're new to me, and sure. I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Go for it. Okay, you begin. Okay, so section 1, we start off with the main character whose name we don't actually know yet, because um, it doesn't say. But it's in first person. It is in, this the whole book is in first person, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it starts off with him, the main character, saying that he doesn't know how to tell the story. He kind of breaks the fourth wall here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, I don't know how to tell the story, like, you know, how to start. And then he's like, I could start with the shed, which we don't know anything about yet. Like, we could start with Mr. Bowditch, who we don't know who that is yet either. The miracle that happened to his father. Um, like, then he's like, no, that's not right. I don't want to start with that miracle yet because it all starts with the bridge. Mm-hmm. And so he's just kind of talking about... Um, the bridge and how it kind of all starts with that. 
And yeah, that's really the entire first little section. And he talks a lot about this bridge. Yes, he, the bridge gets talked about a lot. He hates this bridge so much. The Sycamore Street Bridge. And yes, you will find out why. So second section starts with talking about the Little Rumple River, which is a freaking great name Love for it. a river. And I do want to say, I'm pretty sure this is a real place. It's in Century, Illinois, mm-hmm. is where this book is set. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's a real place in Illinois. You keep looking. I'll figure but, it out. Um, so uh, the Little Rumple River runs through Century, Illinois, and there's a bridge that kind of goes over this river that it used to be wooden, and it was um, wooden until uh, 1997 when it was demolished, and they made it into a uh, a steel bridge because they thought the wooden bridge, the government thought the wooden bridge was too, um, you know, too unsturdy and too unsafe. And uh, we find out here that the main character's name is Charlie. Right. Also. Yes? Century, Illinois. Real place. Little Little Rumple River. Not real place. Okay. The river's made up. The river's made up. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. I was going to say, if they like base this on a real house, that'd be weird. I think Stephen King is from Century, Illinois. Oh, maybe. I think, I feel like, a lot of his books talk about Century, Illinois. I think they're all set in like a similar place. I yes. don't know if they're all in Illinois. Um. Anyways, I don't actually know if that's true. That's just what I had in my head. Anyway. Anyways, uh, Charlie's talking about the fact that they demolished the wooden bridge because they thought it was too dangerous. And it's kind of ironic because of what happened on yeah. the bridge. And he's like, you know, maybe if they hadn't demolished the wooden bridge, my mother would still be alive. Mm-hmm. And if they every year they talk about building a sidewalk on the bridge and like paving it. And every year they decide there's more important things. And he's like, well, maybe my mother would still be alive, but you never know. Um, but he just hates on the bridge even more. Yeah, so we it, it's funny. This, the order of this first chapter, the reason I wanted to rank it, is because the order of this first chapter bugged me a little, the storytelling in this chapter. The second chapter fixed it. Yeah. But in this chapter, he is telling a story and then spoiling the story before he uh-huh. tells the story. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times. He does it like a lot of times that happens. Yeah. And he talks about literally the first like couple pages of this book. It's just him crapping on this bridge. And I, I, I get... Yeah, also, that, that was wild reading. I was like, I'm done with the bridge. <laughs> I get it. It's I there. I promise it gets better. That's yeah. funny. The second chapter already got better. I like yeah. that one a lot more. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. continue. Um, So we find out that he and his father and his mom at the time, they live down the hill from the bridge about a quarter of a mile. And on the other side of the bridge, there's this little uh, like gas station that sells apparently the best chicken in the world, the best fried chicken in the world. Right. And... So on Saturday of November of 2003, uh, Charlie's mother decided that she was going to go to the um, little uh, shopping mart place on the other side of the bridge. And, you know, she his mom just kind of leaves and uh, him and his dad are watching uh, football on the TV and they say goodbye. You know, nothing really crazy. Yeah. And they just kind of go. And uh, his dad, after what happened... Uh, we basically find out that uh, his mom gets hit by a plumbing truck. truck. Yes, by a truck. And, and most of her stays on the bridge, but some of her falls off the bridge. Well, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Really gruesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that part yet. Sorry. But in sorry. this little section, it just talks about the fact that the person who hit um, his mom. So it talks about the fact that both Charlie and his dad blame themselves for what happened and like think that they could have stopped it. Yeah. And his dad's like, his dad's an insurance claims adjuster. And so his dad knows that it's always somebody's fault. Yeah. And like the guy who hit his mom technically didn't do anything illegal that we know of. Um, But his dad's like, it's always someone's fault. And he tries not to blame 
the guy who hit um, Charlie's mom, but um, often does, especially when he's drunk, because we find out here he gets drunk a lot. Okay. You find out he gets drunk a lot. Yes. Um, switching to the next section, part four, uh, this goes back to like more detailed of his mom walking down the hill, crossing the bridge, getting chicken, and leaving the little mart, and on the way over, she it just basically tells a story of how she got hit by the the plumbing truck on the bridge, and yes, goes into like Colton said a lot of detail about um, part of her going into the river and part of her staying on the bridge, which yeah. is more than I wanted to know. Thank you very much. It's it's Stephen King. He has to be a little gruesome. Yes, this is probably the least gruesome book of Stephen King's that I've ever read. Yeah. But there's definitely spots here and there. It's like, that is classic Stephen King. Yeah. Like, you know, talking about part of her falling into the river and part of her not. Um, but just the little story of what happened to his mom. And he carries, Charlie carries a picture of uh, them in his wall, which is really sad. That's very and cute. very cute. Of when he was This three. is a very sad first chapter to start off with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then talks about, uh, next section, section five, talks about uh, the reception after the funeral and how kind of awful it was. And Charlie finds out that his dad is drunk mm-hmm. at the funeral or at the reception, which is also sad. Um, and this section talks about how his father is drunk all the time now, like literally all the time. He's going to bars all the time. Um, Charlie is now making himself his own breakfast every morning, like, you know, doing things on his own and basically kind of taking care of himself and his dad. Mm-hmm. And then um, this, it keeps going, just talking about how his father for three years still had his job, but was like, you know, getting uh, drunk all the time and just was really bad. And then um, uh, his father loses his job because of his drinking. And, you know, his dad's like, like, Mm. I'm sorry, you know, trying to apologize and like saying that he's going to get rid of, you know, stop drinking. And he doesn't, obviously. But he's like, I'm going to stop. And Charlie's like, no, you're not. You're lying. Which is very sad for a kid. Yeah. And he did for a weekend. Yes. For a weekend, he didn't drink. And then he went right back to it. Um, yeah. And then ch- uh, section six, we start up again with um, Charlie just saying that that was the worst summer of his life when his father got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, worse than like even after his mother died, which is really sad. Um, but it talks about just Charlie finding the bills on the like the table and his dad paying for them, but not knowing how long that's going to last. And Charlie worrying about whether they're going to end up homeless and what that'll look like, like if they lose their house because they don't have the money to pay for it anymore because his dad doesn't have a job. Yeah. And um, that's a really sad thing for a child to have to worry about. He's 10. Yes. A lot of this made me sad real, knowing he's 10. Uh-huh. Like he's a 10-year-old who is laying up listening to his dad yes. like drunk. In the drunk this like, book gets off to a real sad start. It gets better it like does, immediately. It but does it's get so better, but it's part of so it. the first like 10 pages is super sad. It's very sad. I completely agree. Yes. Um. And then this is important. So keep this in mind, this section. Um. At the end of section six in this first chapter, mm-hmm. it uh, Charlie talks about the fact that his family's not really church going, but... You know, they do kind of believe in a God. And so Charlie, one day, um, after, like, just at night, he gets on his knees and prays to God and says, if you do that for me, whoever you, like, basically praying that his, his father would quit drinking. He says, if you do that for me, whoever you are, I'll do something for you. 
promise and hope to die if I don't keep it. You just show me what you want and I'll do it, I swear. Right. And keep that in mind because this will be very important later and just throughout the book. Um, right. But so we find out his dad, switching to section seven, we find out his dad worked for Overland National Insurance before he got fired. Um, like I said earlier, he was an insurance person. It's the one with the talking camels. Yes. Hump day. That one. <laughs> yes, that one. So real, real insurance place. Um, actually, when I was reading this, was like, which insurance is that? But now that you've said that, yeah, I vividly remember the Hump Day commercial. Yeah, I haven't seen a Hump Day commercial in so long. I'm fairly certain that's what it is. Yeah, I think you might be right. Maybe. Okay. Anyways, um, so this uh, now he's not talking about the day that the miracle happened or started to happen with his father, and he talks about how it was kind of a terrible start to the day. Like, he had to, like, his dad tried to make an omelet for breakfast randomly at, like, 6 in the morning and then burnt it. And so Charlie woke up to the smell of just burning omelet. Because he still had some buzz going from the night yes, before. Yes, like, he like, was still wasted. Yeah, which is so, just still so sad. Yes. Um, So we meet a new character here whose name is Lindy Franklin. And Lindy Franklin works for the same company that his dad used to. Yeah. And he knew his dad a little bit, but um, Lindy was also a uh, recovering alcoholic and went right. to AA meetings. And so he decided one day randomly that he was going to stop by um, the house, uh, Charlie's house, and talk to his father because he obviously knew that his father was an alcoholic. Right. And so now we have a dramatic reading that Colton wanted to do of yeah. uh, Mr. Franklin, uh, Lindy, coming into the house. Mr. Franklin was wearing a suit and tie. He had a sharp haircut. Dad, unshaven, shirt, untucked, barefoot, introduced us. Mr. Franklin shook my hand, said it was very nice to meet me, then asked if I minded going outside so he could speak to my father alone. I went willingly enough, but the windows were still open from the breakfast disaster, and I heard quite a bit of what Mr. Franklin said. I remember two things especially. Dad said the drinking was because he still missed Janie so much, and Mr. Franklin said, If booze would bring her back, I'd say fine, but it won't. And how would she feel if she saw the way you and your boy are living now? The other thing he said was, Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? That was when my father started to cry. Usually, I hated it when he did that. Weak, weak. But I thought maybe this crying was different. That's so sweet. It is really sweet. This okay. I this chapter really got me. Like, are you kidding me, Sydney? <laughs> this is the book we thought, we read for six pages about a bridge, and then ten pages about a ten-year-old dealing with his drunk dad. This yeah. is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it started. It's an to, start to the book that's for sure it starts to get pretty happy or not even happy but better yes like happy in the case of it, life is still hard but it's easier when it's like this yeah and that that is happy but it's not like happy ending everyone was happy they're still working he's still trying his hardest but they're like yeah they're doing it together instead of diff- up against each other now yes um so the next section uh franklin so lindy franklin takes um charlie's dad to an alcohol alcoholic Alcohol Anonymous? Alcoholics Al- Anonymous. Al- yes. That word that I, for some reason, cannot say today. <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous. There we go. Thank you. Um, he it. takes his dad to an AA meeting that night um, and ends up staying on the couch just to so he can take Charlie's dad again to an AA meeting in the morning called Sober Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And pretty much after that, um, his dad goes to AA meetings like all the time. He gets sober for a year, not exactly after, like, not exactly a year after um, Lindy comes to the house, but because his dad slipped up like once or twice. Yeah. But he does get a year of being sober. And um, 
So that's really exciting, really happy, and that's basically where the miracle that Charlie calls it starts. And Charlie's like, okay, God answered my prayer. I have a promise to keep now because yeah. he promised, remember, he promised that he would do something for God. Yeah, and it, if, you, if you helped, I would do something for you. Yes. Uh, a very 10-year-old prayer, but... yeah. It, it, he he assigns it to the prayer because it happens so close together. Yes, um, which al- is fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Also, uh, he is, I don't know if it said this, but he uh, went and gave his dad his one-year anniversary medal, which is yeah, so sweet. that is really sweet. Um, and then we skip some more time into chapter, in the, se- se- ni- wow. We skip <laughs> more time into the ninth section and we see that um, the only meetings Charlie really goes to are his dad's anniversary meetings. But um, it's been several years since. Yeah, it it's been several years at this point, and um, Lindy is, calls it a miracle too. So basically, everyone calls the whole thing with his dad a miracle. Um, but we find out that six months after his dad became sober again, he reapplied at Overland and actually got his job back, which is really awesome. Yep. Um, and then two years after he uh, was sober. He decided that he was going to go independent and start his own business, which was kind of stressful yeah. for a while. But we do find out that it did actually eventually work out for him. And he now has his own uh, office, his own uh, independent claims adjuster business, which is yeah. really cool that he was able to do that on his own. Yep. Um, they see Lindy a lot still, which is really fun. Lindy comes over and like they hang out, watch football and baseball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, quick note. Uh, Charlie is a football and a baseball player. But which, not basketball. But not basketball, which we, we find out a little bit more here later. It was mentioned earlier, but I didn't mention it. But Yeah. Um, then they talk about this. End of this section, they talk about uh, Charlie and his dad talk about the fact that he needs to get really good grades because they're not going to have the money to send him to college. But mm-hmm. he, they're hoping he'll be able to play uh, some kind of either football or baseball in college and get an athletic scholarship, but they don't think it'll be enough to cover all of college. So he needs to get really good grades to get more scholarships so that he doesn't have to take out a huge loan. I like this. I like this sentence. Fair. I like this sentence from the dad. I don't need you to graduate valedictorian, but I do need you. I do need to see you in the top 10. Understand? And he goes, yes, father. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and then we skip more time and we see that, Charlie did, in fact, study. He studies a lot and he gets really good grades. And he's like 16. He now, plays. By the way. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, like he's actually 17 now. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, but he plays football and baseball. Uh, the coach want the coach wanted him to play um, basketball, um, but he decided not to. Coach Harkness, who we will learn also a little bit more about later, not in this chapter. Oh, okay. I guess. Well, yeah, I guess we learn about. I don't know. Anyways, um, Coach Harkness, who want who te- uh coaches baseball too, I believe. Um. But Charlie just kind of goes about his high school life, you know, makes new friends, and he never forgets the deal he made with God. He's trying to do all these fun things, like, not all these fun things, all these, like, volunteer things. Good things. Yes, like, working at, like, a homeless shelter and, like, doing just a bunch of different things he can to try and make up for it. But none of it actually feels like he's doing, like, he thinks that he can hear this whisper of disapproval, like, you're not doing good enough. Like, you're not doing enough, Charlie. Like, come on, do more. He and also then, adopts two miles of a highway, by the way. Yes, he adopts two miles of a highway. I feel like that was important to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was important to me. Sydney. Yes. Maybe it's important. Anyway, continue. Anyways. Um, and then we get to, finally, he's 17 years old, and it brings him to April of 2013, which is when he meets Mr. Bowditch, who we haven't met yet. But So, uh, next section, we find out about, he goes to Hillview High, which um, he rides the bus. Uh, he's got a friend named Andy Chen, 
Mm. Um, we also find out about his friend who's named Bertie, who was not a good person. And yeah. they were bad together, and they did lots of bad things, apparently. That's what it Wh- says. While his dad was the... While his dad yeah, was drunk. Yeah, yeah. Like, when he and was, then, like, yeah. like, young. And even, like, after, shortly after his dad sobered up, yeah, he but and Bertie still did some bad stuff. He got now better not, friends yes. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bertie's not around anymore, but he's got this friend named um, Andy. Andy! And Woo! this is when we learn about, at the top of the street that um, Charlie and his father live on. Yeah. There's this old creepy house that they call the Psycho House, which, if you've ever seen... The movie Psycho. Yeah. Um, with that, it's got Norman Bates is the main character. Yes. Um, I f- can't think of the director's name right now. I should know it, but I can't think of it. <laughs> Fair um, but th- it's a creepy old like Victorian that's like kind of falling apart. Um, there's a no trespassing sign outside, and there's a w- beware of the dog sign outside. Yeah. And Andy Chen, Charlie's friend, said that he was once chased by this German shepherd whose name is Raider. Um. They think it's a boy, but they don't actually really know. Yeah. Um, but Andy just tells them the story of how he was chased by this scary dog, and it was terrifying and freaky, freaky animal, like scary, big monster animal, and everyone's afraid of the dog. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's trying. So basically the reason Andy ran into the dog is because he was picking up some of Mr. Bowditch's mail that was falling out of his mailbox because yep. there wasn't enough space. And the dog comes at him, and the only reason the dog doesn't, like, jump over the fence and attack him is because Mr. Bowditch says, hey, down, Raider, down, um, and proceeds to get mad at Andy for trying to, you know, help mm-hmm. and, you know, help pick up his uh, mail. And we just learned that Mr. Bowditch is kind of a cranky old dude. Yeah, cranky That's old That's basically guy. it. Like, yep. he's just a cranky old dude. Charlie talks to his dad about it, and his dad's like, yeah, he's famous for having a terrible temper. Like, he's got a foul-tempered yeah. dog, too. It just kind of fits. Cranky old man living in a cranky cranky old house? Yeah. But cranky he, old house. he does say, every time I, get, I have the chance, I see him, I'll interact, and he seems yeah. simple. Like, yeah. he just doesn't like little kids, He just doesn't like. He or is teenagers. fine with regular people, yeah. but he does not like little kids. Yes. Um, And then, now we get to... the. It, Charlie calls it that day in April of 13. And so now we finally actually get to what he's been pointing out this entire chapter. Right. <laughs> we finally get to it. Um, so Charlie is walking along after basketball practice back to his house. And he is wa- he walks past the house and he hears this barking. And it's not like a scary, like, scary dog bark. It's like a dog that's like whining. Yeah, and ha- like a howl. he stops and he listens. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Exactly like that. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> um, anyways, he uh, is listening to the dog howl, and he stops, and then he hears a very low call of help and decides to... Help! Like that. Yes. Like that, except I mean, old I, man voice, not Colton's sorry. voice. Help! That's what old man that sounds like. That was a little better, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get old man voice going. <laughs> Um, I'm yeah. your I'm your fully artist, Sydney. If you ever need sound <laughs> effects, I got you. Uh, I think I'll take a hard pass on that one. Oh. <laughs> um, but he he uh, hears this help and decides that he needs to you know go find where this help is coming from. Right, and that's where the chapter ends. That was a decent chapter. I would give it a four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe not the best chapter in the it's, entire. It's probably honestly, it's probably the worst chapter in the entire book. The second and one's much better. I like the, the second first, one a lot, and it's the first chapter, which is so funny. But uh, not a great start. But I do promise it gets better. And I would make theories, but there's not much to theorize about at the moment. 
because we have another chapter to talk about, which answers a lot of the questions this one poses. Yes. So at the end of my chapter, I'll make some theories for you. Okay. Um, is there anything else we'd normally do before I get into it? No. It's Are been you going to read off the... Yeah, we, I will. We took a break, by the way, audience. We took a break from recording for like two weeks, and so now I'm getting myself back into it, into the swang of things. The swang of things. So here we go. Chapter two. The titles are Mr. Bowditch, Radar, Night in the Psycho House. Uh, and so, <laughs> you're my Foley artist. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, so it opens the first the first section kind of backpedals a little bit from what happened at the end of the last section. Uh, same idea. He pedals up the Sycamore Street uh, and he after hearing it, he pedals up to the door. Uh, he leads his picket, his, his uh, bike against the, the fence and tries to get it open. But the thing, the the lock was like frozen shut, and yeah. so he puts his backpack there and uses it to uh, hop the fence. Uh, and then he uh, runs around the side of the uh, house, realizing though that he, if the dog came at him like the dog that his friend store, he is not a great jumper. Yeah. He's a good runner, and so he would not be able to hurdle the fence in one go. Uh, if the nope. big dog that his friend said was at 120 pounds at least, if that yeah. dog comes at him, he is going to get. He is going to get got. So he comes around and he sees a little German Shepherd. Uh, not little. 60 or 70 pounds. So still a big yeah, dog. Still but very not, big. But not 120 pound worth. Yeah. Not a 120 pound dog. Uh, who is not chasing him because she. Also. Sorry. Very old. Yeah. Very old dog. Very limping, old dog. Limping. At first I was like, is it injured? But I think it limps how an old dog limps. Yeah. Like, you know a, what, like a sore arthritic. Like dog with arthritis. Or something. Arthritic. Arthritic. Yeah. Uh, and he's growling at it, he's growling at it, but not uh, like do anything wrong, uh, not like attacking. And so he, uh, Charlie goes radar down, and he didn't expect it to obey me, but the dog just hits the deck. Yeah, and he he gives it a wide berth anyway, just in case. Uh, Which is fair. And around the back, he found he finds Mister Bowditch laying on his stairs with uh, a bump protruding from his knee, <laughs> like broken in like a bad break that you can yeah. see the bone kind Real of break. Bad. Um. And he, he's like, what's up? And Charlie is. And he says, uh, I need some help. I fell off the ladder. Uh, and he points at a little ladder. And he tried to climb himself up his stairs to get through the doggy door back into his house. Yes. Because he's an old timer and cell phones he doesn't deem as necessary. Yes. So uh, he has a, like, a landline. Yeah. Uh, basically, Char- the way he learns is Charlie asks, have you called 911? And the guy goes, uh, he, well, first he looked at him like he's stupid and says, I'm out here. The phone's in the house. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think that's funny. Uh, so he ends up calling 911. Uh, and he talks, he talks to the guy and he says, what's your house number? The guy, yeah. once again, looks at him like he's stupid and says, I'm number one. Yeah. Which I don't know how Mr. Bowditch thought he would just know that off the top of his head, but whatever. I mean, he does live in a house that's number one. Like, yes, but that's what you did. Which is interesting because I don't feel like that happens ever. Uh, well, he's the first on the street is the idea. Yeah. So I guess maybe in a small town that'll happen, but I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then after they after they call it, he they say keep him warm because it's cold, and he says he's sweating, and it's probably shock. Yeah. Uh, and then Radar comes back. He's growling. Sorry, she's growling. And Bowditch says, "Stop it, girl. Get low." And she lays back down. Um. And then after that, he takes his Charlie takes his jacket off and tries to put it on Mister Bowditch, which Bowditch was not a fan of at first, but eventually he he just accepts it and takes the jacket. Yes. Uh, and they have a little nice conversation. Uh, about like about Charlie, high school kid, yeah. Uh, then talks about school, what sports they played, yeah. all that stuff. He doesn't really sound all that interesting, but it's more like he's just 
feels like he has to make conversation. Yeah, I think I think that is. Like, I don't how think it he is. really wants to be having this conversation. He just feels like he has to. I mean, he's in excruciating pain. It's helpful to take your mind off it a little bit yeah. sometimes. Um, and he says, uh, "Thanks for thanks for coming." I guess you heard the dog growling, and he's like, "Yeah, I heard that dog growling, and you saying it." And that's what he was calling for. And Mr. Bodich says, "Do you have any painkillers?" The guy's like, "Not on me." And Mr. Bodich. Uh, it's like oh well oh well and Charlie says do you have any yeah and eventually Mr. Bodich after some convincing lets him go into the house to go grab some expired medicine from the cabinet yes. but he's very clear don't snoop yeah. you're allowed to walk my bathroom is straight through the hallway no snooping yeah Um, which is also fair I guess yeah and he also sends his dog with him Radar go with him and so Radar follows and they go Uh, he walks through like a hall of like old bundled magazines yeah and he talks about how the house is musty and old but very well kept like he, yes. the guy who lives here clearly cares about it it's just an old house so like the old house things are just an old house yeah um, it's not like he doesn't actually take care of his house or like at least the inside of it yeah he's just old and can't take care of the outside yep uh he finds the medicine he gives it to it and uh the guy goes uh he says i don't think you should be taking these the ambulance is almost here and they're expired and he says, just give them to me. Whatever does not kill me makes me smarter. And then he starts doing like, your generation wouldn't even know what that means. Yeah. And uh, freaking Charlie goes, like, says, nice-ish, nice-ish, the guy who wrote it because he's yeah. learning about him right now. And that seems to like make make Mr. Haddish like him a little bit more. Is that right? Mr. Haddish? Bowditch. Sorry. I was like, Haddish? It ma- makes Mr. Bowditch <laughs> like him a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, when the hi- sirens finally get here, Charlie asks, what are you going to do about radar? And Mr. Bodich gives another, I think you're stupid look and says, she can use a doggy door if she needs. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, what about food? Like you, you need somebody to feed. Like you are probably going to be at the hospital for longer than like an hour. (laughs) Like Uh, you will probably be there for a while. And it's really sad. He goes, I can't leave her. I guess she'll have to come to the hospital with me. And Charlie's Charlie's smart. And he goes, you know, she can't do that. Like, you know, they won't let you do that. Um, and so, uh, he said, let me, Charlie goes, let me keep the key. I'll feed her. Just tell me how much. And um, after he, after he says that, the ambulance arrives and yeah. they run around the side and they give him uh, dem- Demerol uh, to ease the pain. I don't know what that is. It's probably a drug to yeah. ease the pain. Uh, the ambulance does. Uh, well, once again, the radar starts growling. He says, down radar. Radar hits the deck. Very well trained dog. Yes. Um, so they carry around a, a gurney back to the back, and they. We should also state the fact that we know the EMTs' names. Yeah, we do. They are Cece and uh, Charlie. Wait, Charlie is that Charlie's, right? Charlie's the guy. Sorry, Craig. Charlie's the main character. Yeah, Cece and Craig are the two are the two characters. Yes. Lots of C names in this book. There are a lot of C names in this book. You're right. Yeah. Uh, you also hear uh, Mr. Bodich's first name is Howard. He's Howard Bodich. Yep. Uh, he tells you there, and basically, eventually. Uh, after he's trying, he's trying to figure out what to do, how to give food. He says, "At six a.m. and six p.m., she gets one scoop. It's in this room. You can come. Promise me you'll do this. No snooping." Yeah. And uh, Charlie makes that makes that promise. Well, first he says, "There's money in the flour container canister. If you run out, scratch that. There's no money." Uh, clearly, the, the canister's empty. Yeah. Clearly, the drugs are like messing with his his like what he would normally do because yeah. he says there's money in the thing and then his eyes clear for a second and he goes never mind there's no money in the thing and then he like like so his he's very contradicting himself and like kind of yeah. confused right yeah. at the moment which is uh, fair and once again don't snoop yes um, he says that a lot and uh he said 
basically says thank you. And Charlie says, I don't, he didn't need to be, sorry, he didn't say thank you. And then Charlie thought, I don't need to be thanked. This is my paycheck. Yes. And that's the end paycheck? of- Paycheck? Did you say paycheck? Yeah, he says this was, pay, oh, payback, not Payback, paycheck. not yeah, paycheck. Little, He's not little, getting little, paid to yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God's not paying him. Yeah, this was his payback for the for the prayer. Yes. He feels it. So th- then it starts to, goes into section three. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of section three, he calls his dad to let him know what he's doing. Uh, and he basically said, I'm in the house. I'm going to stay here till six to feed Radar at the time. Uh, and then he just goes around. He locks the front gate. Um, there's a couple of other things. He considers carrying the um, ladder back and putting it back in the shed for him in the backyard. Uh, but decides that it's not worth it because it's not going to rain. And either way, he later, because the, the author is writing from the future, yeah. says it wouldn't matter anyway. There's a padlock on the door. Um, yes. And so he, yep. So he uh, sits and listens to some French pop music for his (laughs) French class uh, as he waits till. I don't know why, but that's just hilarious to me. I actually really want to know what this says. Hold on. You keep talking. I'm going to Google what this says. Heck yeah. Um, So he listens to French, some French music. He looks around the room. He finds like some cookie jars and everything is really, really well kept. Uh, He gets himself some cookies because he says that that doesn't count as snooping. And he eats himself like four cookies. and then he considers looking in the flower canister to see if there actually is money in there and then decides that uh, it's not worth it. Uh, he looks at his clock again, finds that it's 545, close enough to six, and he feeds Radar and says, I'll see you in the morning and pats Radar on the head and goodbye. Okay, so this is what, um, there's a line in the book that's in French that from the song and this, it says in English, it says, I'm sure you're the one I've always been waiting for. Aw. That's cute. That's a cute line. He's singing it to Radar. Aw, yeah. symbolism. Aww. Symbolism. Aww. I don't know if I, I don't think I did that when I first read this book. I don't know why. That's cute. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, and then basically he, he feeds them and leaves. Uh, feeds her and leaves. And that's the end of section three. Section four goes. Uh, they ate Chinese food that his dad had made. His dad has brought home. Sorry, not made. They don't make food in this house. They bring takeout. So <laughs> yeah. the dad brought takeout. They ate a bunch of it. Uh, the dad basically goes, I bought it and carried it, so you'll clean up. And he cleans up, and he says, uh, I'm going to go back to the dog, just make sure everything's okay. Do you okay. think the fact that when um, they when uh, Charlie went into the pantry, he noticed that like, it looks like he's Mr. Bowditch is ready for the apocalypse? Oh, like he's a prepper? Yeah, like he's yeah. got just like so much stuff. Lots and lots of food. Yeah. Everything is very well done in his yes. house. Everything is very well kept and well done. Um, basically, he says, I need to go back and just make sure everything's okay. Uh, and the dad says... That's fine as long as you don't bring the dog back. And Charlie says, I won't, not letting his dad know that he considered bringing the dog back. Um, and he, so basically that's the end of chapter four, section four, sorry. It's, they're very short sections now. They are, sometimes they're very long sections and sometimes they're very short. Like this next section is pretty long. Yeah. So he rides back up to uh, section five. Uh, and, sorry, he rides back up to the house in section five. Yes. <laughs> it's confusing yeah. trying to explain the different sections. Yeah. Uh, something funny happens. He is walking around the side of the house. This is a, this house has been compared to a horror movie house a lot of times. Yes. And he walks around the side with his flashlight, and all of a sudden he sees something move in the grass, and it scares him so bad. Um, uh, it scares him so bad that it describes it in a funny way that I'm not going to say here. <laughs> yeah. So li- read the yeah. read the book. If you don't, you're going to miss out some good jokes. <laughs> it's um, kind of like unnecessary. Yeah. In so many ways. It's. I like but, this. He's 27. The author 
based on the timeline, when he's writing this in the lore, like right now in 2023, he'd be 27 years old. Oh, so a, 20, yeah. a 27 year old writing this, that'd be a detail he feels necessary yeah. to share. Which I think is pretty 17 funny. Year old. Charlie was a 17 year old at the time, but it's as if Charlie's the one writing the book, not Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, the movement is just the dog who was apparently scared to be outside in the dark. Sorry, not scared to be outside, scared to be alone. Yes. Because Radar, ha- Mr. Bowditch doesn't have a car or anything, so he doesn't leave yes. the house basically ever. Yes. So Radar doesn't have to be alone. Radar is never, ever alone. And that so, poor dog. Yeah, so she was freaked out. So he unlocks the door and he goes back into the uh, place and he just basically uh, pets Radar for a little bit. And then uh, she asks, Radar begs for more food. The guy says no. Charlie says no. Uh, and then she get, he gives Radar a little piece of cookie just to like as a treat. Yeah. Um, the uh, dad called and says, everything okay? He's like, yep, everything's fine. I left the dog door unlocked, un- un- uh, so I'll lock it this time. Uh, and then he said, okay, come home. Don't stay the night there, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, she brings him a chew toy of like an old chewed monkey, and it's oh, so cute. This section is so adorable. Yeah, she's she's an old dog who's like doing her best to still run after it when he when he lobs it across the room. Yeah, like look how me, look how I can like like a puppy meeting a new person. Like it's <laughs> dogs are always puppies. We should also say that this it's a squeaky monkey, mm. and this monkey is destroyed. Like he can yeah. hardly tell it's even a monkey. Uh, yeah, and then Charlie does a tiny bit of tiny tiny bit of snooping. Looks in a new room. Looks at the toys, looks at the TV and some of the books that he's read. Yeah. Just a tiny bit of stupid. He finds a basket full of toys, which mm-hmm. just shows how much Mr. Bowditch loves Radar. Loves Radar. Yeah. Um, and he he's like, okay, he locks the dog door and it's time to leave. And I'm going to do a dramatic reading of the last two paragraphs of this chapter as well. Okay. Uh, so here we go. As I walked back home, I thought about gutters no doubt plugged with leaves, the unmown lawn, the place badly needed a paint job, and that was beyond me. But I could do something about those dirty windows, not to mention the sagging picket fence, if I had time, that was. And given the upcoming baseball season, I didn't. Plus, there was Radar. That was love at first sight. For her, as well as for me. Maybe if the idea strikes you as weird, or corny, or both, all I can say is, deal with it. As I said to my father, she was a nice dog. When I went to bed that night, I set my alarm for 5am, then texted Mr. Neville, my English teacher, and told him I wouldn't be there period one and to tell Miss Friedlander that I might miss period two as well. I said I had to visit a guy in the hospital. Isn't that so sweet? It's so sweet. He's just like... Suddenly this chapter became so... He loves the yeah, dog. He, he wants to be helpful. Dog. He's Yes, he wants to be a nice person and like help out around the house and visit him in the hospital. And we it's love, so sweet. We love Charlie. And that's the end of chapter two. That one, I give that chapter a eight out of ten. Yeah, it was very good, like character chapter. Not much sad stuff. I mean, it was sad and like challenge overcoming. Yeah, sad, but not like my dad's drunk all the time and it sucks. Like the first one, first chapter, or this is a bridge. It's a bridge and the bridge and the bridge and the bridge and (laughs) still a bridge and the bridge and the bridge. (laughs) He does talk about the bridge a lot. So stuff actually happens, and I I liked it. Fair, I guess. Yeah, I liked it. So here we go. Uh, Now I think. Let's, any theories? let's talk about theories. Well, first, okay. right now he's going to go visit Mr. Bowditch, right. obviously. I have um, some questions for you. Oh, I have some answers for you. Okay. So, first off, um, what do you think, I guess, what do you think Charlie's going to do for Mr. Bowditch? Like, how do you think his visit in the hospital is going to go? Oh, the visit? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think Bowditch is going to be like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. I think Bowditch is probably going to be a little bit peeved that he came to visit because it's kind of the idea of he's a man's man and you're visiting me at my weakest and it's yeah. like a heart- whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um 
But I think after a conversation, he's going to become more appreciative of Charlie and what Charlie's willing to do to help. I think Charlie's also going to offer, if you let me snoop a little bit more, I'll clean your windows. Like that kind yeah. of a thing where I'll, I can help out around your house. Yes. Okay. Um, and also, it briefly mentioned the shed and the padlock. Why do you think that there's a padlock on the shed? You spoiled this for me, Sydney. Why? I know why there's a padlock on the shed. I think maybe the back of the book spoiled it for me. I was going to say, I didn't spoil it for you. It, there's it a portal, does. It there's does, a portal it in the shed. It, there's yeah. a portal in the, the shed. The back of the book spoils it. Yeah. So when we read that, when we did the <laughs> when we did the trailer, we read the back of the, the book. The back of the book spoil, or like the little like section yeah. about the book spoils like the first like couple chapters. <laughs> yeah. So it spoils a lot. Uh, I'm sorry if that spoiled it for you, but there's a, there's a portal in the shed. Yeah. I don't know what it is or anything <laughs> about it other than the fact that it's there. What? How did you know that? What? Um, and yeah, that's the first two chapters. Let me think. Is there any, any other thing that's theorized about? No, because nothing magical has happened yet. It's just a guy. It's just a teenager living. Well, so nothing was, yeah, you know there's a portal. Yeah, uh, there's a portal. You shouldn't know that, but the book tells you. Yeah, the book spoiled it for me. Yeah. Alrighty. I think that's all we need to do up before we go ahead and rank the characters. Woo! Okay, new book, new ranking. Yeah, Here we go. let's go. I'm so excited. I did I did a quick write out of all the characters I think we saw. So I'm going to read through all of them and then we can give them a ranking, okay? Yeah. I think we saw uh Charlie's mom and dad, I don't know their names. Uh Charlie himself, Lindy Franklin, Andy Chen, Birdie, Howard Bodich, Craig, Cece, Radar and Coach Harken- Harkness. Coach Harkness something like that? Yeah. So I think we go through really quickly. Though Coach Harkness doesn't really... He talks. I guess he does our, talk, that he, yeah. he matches our rule. He's named and talks. You're right. You're right. Uh, mom, top of dead tier? That's our only option. Yeah, so. mom, mom, go ahead and go top yes. of dead tier. How about this? How's it do this order? Who do we think is the best character? Can Probably we, Charlie, Can we put right? Radar? Or Radar. Can we put Radar as number one? I'm chill with that option. Yeah, Radar's <laughs> number one. Um, and then Charlie can be number two. Yeah, Charlie. I'm happy with Charlie number two. And then I think, honestly, I think Lindy Franklin. Lindy, that's a great person. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. I mean, he just probably saved their lives, honestly. And then I think Dad earned fourth with his sobering up. That's, yeah, that's great. That's a great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I think we need to put Howard on top because we want to see Howard again. Yeah, I think we put um, Mr. Bowditch so Howard after Dad. Yeah. And then from there, the remaining four: Andy Chen, Birdie, Craig, Cece, and Coach Harkness. I think you go in any order. It's like the I think I Birdie goes at the very bottom. Okay. I think it goes Andy Chen and then Cece and then Craig and, and then, then Coach. Coach. And then Birdie. Yes. And I say Birdie at the bottom because everything we've heard about him so far is not great. And then mom goes at the very bottom and a tear her all her own, the dead tear. Yeah. Wow, one book in and we already have a dead person. I, I thought about that. I thought that was pretty funny. Or one chapter in or two chapters in, I guess. Yeah, I just I thought it was it was I- ironic that we already had uh, a guy, a person die. Also, one book in, we already have nine characters. That's one weekend. That's a lot. That is a lot. But there's I think there's less characters in this book than Warbreaker. Mm, probably. Well, okay. There's a section later on where there's a bunch of characters that are named, but a lot of them don't speak. Right. So. I don't think there's as many in here as it, Warbreaker. It happens. Uh, Warbreaker has a lot of characters that are important, and I think it does a good job not making yeah. them feel like they just get passed over. Yeah. But a lot of characters that just, like, happen. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that's our rankings for this week. I think yeah. that's everything we have for you this week. Uh, I think? Yeah, I think that's good. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, feel free. This is, We're starting a new book. Share it with everybody. Please, yeah. please, share, share, share. Woo. We would really, really appreciate it. On every excited. platform you can find, share, Colin, share, what share. what do you think? Okay, before we end, what do you think so far? 
of the first two chapters. I know the first chapter is not. The I best like in the, world. the direction the second chapter is making the story go. Okay. That's okay. what I think. Yeah. I think I think it's in an interesting direction. I'm excited for Portal. Well, it'll be a little while. Yes, but I'm still excited for it. I'm not going to look forward <laughs> to things that'll be a little while. I know, I know. I'm excited for Christmas, too, but that we're in March. Me. It kind of bugs me that <laughs> the freaking outside of the book ruins the portal. A little bit. It's like, a little bit sad. That kind of bugs me yeah. that they did that. I mean, I get it because how else are they going to explain it and make it sound like an interesting book? Yeah. So I get it, but it's kinda, it kind of bugs me because it does take a little bit to get to the, the portal. But um, Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I want to say thank you to our theme song, which was made by Alizia, which is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. And the song is Wind Runner Remake. It's a great song. Uh, there's, a, there's a link. <laughs> Colin blanked when I could I, just tell. I blanked hard. And I didn't have it pulled up, and I was like, I got this. I've said this so many times. I can do it. Send it. <laughs> um, so you can you can find that uh, link in the description to listen to the music. Yes. Um. Come back next week. We're reading once again chapters three and four, all of them. Yes. Uh, so make sure you have those read when you come back, or Sydney will push you off a ladder. Uh, <laughs> I wonder where you were going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot that was something we did. <laughs> yeah, I also did until I started talking, and it felt natural just to do it. Uh, so no. thank you guys all. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode. Sydney just got jump scared by our friend through a window. Uh, I have been Colin Pratt. That scared the crap out of me. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show is over. When I went to bed that, that night, I set an alarm. I became Canadian right then. Did you hear that? <laughs> the show is over.